Welcome back to the Keegan and Company podcast. For those who are new to the show, could I get you to jump over, give us a little like and subscribe on whatever platform you listen to this podcast. It's a great way for us to grow the platform, grow the production and have some amazing guests on like I have today. Uh, in this conversation, I'm joined by a professional netballer for the New South Wales Swifts, Ali Smith. How are you, Al? Good. How are you, Keith? I'm good. I'm good. What's happening? How, how are you? What's, uh, where are we at at the moment? Because we're coming to a close of pre-season. Yeah, yeah. Couple, I couple more weeks couple to weeks, go. Yeah, we're um, we're training pretty hard at the moment. We've just had our biggest week yet. Right. Um, we start April fourteen is our first game, and yeah, just smashing, grinding in the season. <laughs> How's it, Bonnie? Because I caught, I saw. Um, we we're talking before. I caught up with Maddie Proud, um, yesterday at the Leaders and League Conference, and she, I was just like, "How are you?" She's like, "Keys, I'm so tired." <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. How, how yeah. are you feeling? Yeah, it's um. It's great. I mean, we love preseason. <laughs> yeah, fittest and strongest we've been, but yeah, it's hard. But it's it's love. The it's love. the it's best love. thing um, that Maddie said to me yesterday is like, <laughs> oh you God. know, when you you know when you come into uh, like the day of training and mm. you walk in and like a lot of the times like you might be tired, you might have a bad night's sleep, or like you might have like been a bit late, woke, like we slept mm. through the alarm, and then you'll just sort of like push it to the side and you'll just walk in and you'll be like, just it's fine. Yeah, it's like the thing with um. Ali is like, you'll know when something's wrong because your hair will be everywhere. You're like, I forgot my training shoes. <laughs> is there any truth to that? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's the hair. It's the dead giveaway. <laughs> <laughs> like, because I, when I lived in Melbourne, right, I used yeah. to travel an hour and a half to get training. So yeah. my, like, my shit was together before I got training. And yeah. now we're 11 minutes away. Yeah. And so I roll out of bed, eat my brekkie. Mm. And then we get there, we prep. So we have like an hour before we actually start training. So mm. you do have time to brush your teeth and brush your hair but if I don't have time at home I'll just do it when we get to change rooms yeah gotcha so um if I am <laughs> rolling out of bed the hair is everywhere and I'm brushing my teeth brushing my hair before training so yeah it is a little bit but the beautiful thing is like you live with uh three oh you used to live with three other teammates yeah still do still do, still do yeah um Sophie Fawns yeah who else is in Maddie, Maddie Turner, Turner and Sarah Clow Sarah Clow yeah. um do you guys like carpool together? Do you guys all go in together or is it sort of like you mix it up a little bit? Yeah, I feel like that's, that's a great question and we get it a lot. So I think with us, especially being like female athletes, we do have life outside of sport, which yeah. is great. Um, so I guess that rolls me on to work. So I go to work um, usually after most training sessions yeah. and then we also have like physio, gotcha. um, different kinds of stuff. So do we carpool? Yes, sometimes, mm. but we all, we all have stuff to do. That's Places to be, people to see. So it's sort of like the um the Swift's cult, hey. Yeah, that, that's yeah. like what it's referred to as. We um because um for context with Maddie Proud yesterday, um the leaders in the league conference, we had all the leaders in the NRL, and we had a, a, a female guest panel, um, which Millie Boyle um hosted with uh, Chloe Malloy from the uh, Sydney Swans, captain of the Sydney Swans, uh, Maddie Proud, who captains mm -hmm. uh, the the Swifts. And um, Ellie Brush, uh, AFLW yes. and soccer player. So yes. like sick, sick panel. Such a good panel. And um, one of the questions to, I think it was to Maddie, um, was like, how do you, or maybe it's to Ellie, or if it was to one of the girls, it was like, how do you um, make the, the girls or the boys feel included, especially when changing sports? Because like female sport, like there's so much changing around, lots of movement, especially between like AFL, soccer, NRLW. Um, there's lots of change. So how do you make people feel comfortable when they're coming into a new sport? And the question got went to, to Maddie as well. And she's just like, we're like a team of what, 10? Yeah. A squad of 10. She's like, with us, like when I was living with the girls, there was like four of us girls in one house. There was mm. three girls like living just up the road and there was other like, a couple everywhere. It's like, 
we're as tight as it got. <laughs> like you guys must be so close. Is that yeah. does that help? Like yeah. going into training? Absolutely. I think living so when I moved over nearly two two and a bit years ago now, which is sick. I moved straight into a, a house with Maddie Proud, Maddie Turner, and Sarah Clow. And when I actually moved over, they were all playing for Australia at the time. Gotcha. So I just strolled into this house. I was like, I don't even know what bedroom I'm in, yeah. mind you. So I get a nice room? <laughs> yeah. It's like you walk up the stairs and you just turn to your right and you're at the end. I'm like, perfect. So the fact that I could move in and feel comfortable in a house full of, you know, four of us that never met before in my mm. life um, to roll into training that following week and mm. I just feel like I guess it's a bit of a I guess you're cheating because you roll into having yeah. nine best friends yeah. um, in a team. But, yeah, I think the running joke is the Swiss are a little bit of a cult. Um, <laughs> everyone wants to be in, yeah. but you're the chosen one. Yeah, nah, but not really. But, <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that kind of ties into, like, the funnel of um, junior sport and, like, the funnel of how many girls play netball yeah. as a kid. And then you guys, like, you think, like, obviously my background, rugby league. Yeah. And there's a lot of kids, but... I mean, netball is a whole nother ball game. And to yeah. get to being in, like, your spot, like, it's got to be insane, yeah? Yeah, it's absolutely insane. I think the the funnel is you nailed it. I think so many young girls play at such a young age and, and historically we have been at the top yeah. of having young girls and we have been the lead the whole way. And it's great to see the Tillies come in and, um, you know, NRLW and AFLW starting up um, in the women's side, which is great for young girls to sort of have more role models that they can look up that are female. Mm. Um, and I think, yeah, I, it's great being in the position that we are in. As you said, the, there's a team of 10, a squad of 15, 16. No. Um, it's not really that many. There's 80 professional netballers in Australia in the best league. And um, how it's like, like 80 and how like there would be hundreds of thousands of like junior, like girls playing sport. Yeah, I think that Australia just put out as as high high numbers. That's crazy. High numbers. And then like, what are they? <coughs> um, and I'm, you might not know. You don't have to know. But is there like, is there anything that like netball Australia is doing for grass, grassroots now? Because AFL is coming into the mix, NRLW, like it's like everyone's obviously fighting for the eyeballs of like junior youth, like junior sport. Yeah. Is there anything that they're doing that you do you know? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm actually, I, I know our grassroots is very, very strong in yeah, netball. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I guess that's, as I said, it's great that AFL and NRL women are coming in, but also like it's it's hard to see our, our rates dropping off, right? Yeah. Um, and I'm sure Nepal Australia have got something up their sleeve, but what it is, um, I don't know. But Swifties, we're just still trying to promote and push <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah. And we're just trying to get out there as much and promote the sport. And it's, it's actually females playing or young girls playing sport in general. Um, which I guess mental health is number yeah, one yeah. on, I guess, why you would play sport. Yeah. And that's why we're trying to promote it and get these young girls out. What were what were some of the favourite things that you enjoyed about sport growing up? Yeah, sport, I think I never had a chance not to play sport. <laughs> yeah, yeah you, were, you were locked in regardless. <laughs> yeah. Your mum and your dad, there's yeah. no way you're oh, not playing. There's not a chance I wasn't playing. So I, was, I, I reckon I was probably eight, nine weeks old and mum was back on the court playing. Um, I grew up around a netball court. Um, ever since I was little, mum was playing in, in hers and I'd be on the sidelines yeah. um, in a stroller or in, you know, who knows what, mum on the floor probably. <laughs> um, yeah. But, yeah, watching, like growing up watching my mum play, I think that that's all I needed for a kickstart and my brother actually plays netball as well. Right. Um, that's how I got into it was I was just this five-year-old sitting on the sidelines and Josh's team didn't have 
anyone to fill in and I put my hand up. Josh is three years older than me and mm. um, I just started from there and mum's like, oh, she can actually she catch can a ball. All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, yeah. She's got great genetics. <laughs> yeah, that's probably what she said. Um, yeah, but growing up, I think friendships is, is probably my number one. It's when you are in a team sport, you, as I said, when I moved over here, like you walk into a team of nine best friends. Um, and again, I was lucky enough to grow up in some, some people laugh at me saying country, country, <laughs> Victoria. Yeah. But um, it is, it was country football netball, right? So mm. the boys played footy or and the girls grew up, you know, some girls played footy, but majority of us did play netball. And at the end, once you played A grade, you strolled over to the footy and watched the seniors play. So friendships, but also like netball in general growing up has just taught me so much. Yeah. Like there's nothing, there's nothing that has shaped me more than netball. Um, apart from obviously my family and friends, but I think that falls into netball as well, right? Like, give me an example. I think I was doing well, I was doing reflection the other day, and it's like it was about resilience and growing up. I think I was all like my toxic trait is perfection, so yeah. it's why I'm so successful, but it's also my biggest letdown. So I really struggle with failing at things, mm. and and it is failing in my head, and I'm working on that. But netball has taught me like. <laughs> you're going to get knocked on your ass and you're going to have to get back up or you're not going to get selected by a team or tr- truth is not everyone's going to actually like you Yeah. or how you play. Not everyone does that, but you find a team and you'll fit into a team and you'll find a coach and your friends and, and the people around you. And I guess that's, that's the resilience side of it to be like, all right, well, I can find my feet. Like, and netball has taught me that. And is it joking a big piece of it would be not getting selected in teams or like even like you talk about resilience, like, overcoming injury like especially as a, a young kid growing up that's what that's why I'm I, that's where my head goes it's like if you're a young kid and you've been, you know you're obviously having a big success growing up you mm. know you're making the junior rep teams and then maybe one year you don't get picked or yeah. you know you get an injury that puts you out for the year or you get an injury and you don't get to play the grand final which is a bit more recent which, yeah. is, which sucks but, yeah, but um I look at the resilience piece like that would be that would be a huge thing for a lot of kids yeah yeah 100% I think uh, my pathway is a little bit different. Like I was, I guess, blessed enough and privileged enough to go through what you would call like a Netball Victoria ideal pathway. Yep. Um, I started when I was 11 in the um, school girls and I went all the way through bottom to top age um, to 19s. Um, I got picked in the Victorian side, but also the Australian sides, which was amazing. So with the, in those squads, are they, um, are they big squads or is it like an, is it a team? It's like a team. It's a team of it's like 10. So, uh, so 12 at that point. Yeah. So super small, like yeah. tiny, like top yeah, percent. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so I guess getting not picked wasn't really something that I was used to. I was, yeah, I just was, yeah, cool. This is great. Like obviously I trained so, trained so hard, tried so hard and was so grateful and, and you know, deserving of those sides. But in terms of getting picked, you know, I didn't really know what that felt like until mm. I think, well, I know it was 2020, end of 2021, um, I had my first contract with the Vixens. Yep. Um, absolutely stoked. It was like, this is, you know, this is my future, this is what I want. Um, and then, yeah, we we got the wooden spoon at the end of 2021. We went really? from winning a premiership in 2020 to 2021 getting the wooden spoon. Yeah. Um, in end of year review, it was like, sorry, mate, like, I, I just don't think we have a spot for you. Wow. And I was, yeah, I was, what, 20, 21 at the time and moved out, moved well, half out into Melbourne thinking that, yeah, this is it, like, this is my career, this is this is a team I want to stay in forever yeah. and playing with my idols. And, then, gro- and growing up in Melbourne as well, like yeah. doing all the junior pathways. Yeah. And then, because when did you make your professional debut? 
Not the 2020 season. The, oh, the 2020 yeah. season. Yeah, yeah, great. That was my debut in so the you, hub. So you made your debut and then went on to win a premiership with the Vixens. Yeah. Talk about a good first year. Yeah, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I got to I actually got to play in the grand final. Wow. I was on – when that last whistle blew, I was on the court. Um, oh. Unreal. It gives me goosebumps yeah. still to this day. So, yeah, coming off, like, the highest season into 21, got um, just a year contract, which was great to start with. And then, yeah, end of 21, um, sort of got told, like, sorry, mate, like, you're just not part of the team. And I don't even know, like, what came over me. I was just like, what is this? What is this feeling that I'm feeling? Like, I think it was embarrassment. It was shame. It was I'm not good enough. It was, you know, God only knows what. Um, I just want to cry. Mm. I just wanted to – I did cry. Yeah. I wanted to roll up in a ball and not talk to anyone. And my manager was straight on the phone. And I was like, ignore. Like, I can't talk to him. I can't do anything. I just want to sit here and just, yeah, self-pity. Did you um, – you obviously didn't see it coming. I saw it coming, but until you hear the words from your coach being like, you're not, you're not wanted in yeah. the team or you're not needed in this team in 2022, I was like, shit, man. Anyway, got the courage about a few hours later, I called my manager and he's like, it's fine, like, we'll get you something, yeah. whether it be international, like, we'll get you something. And yeah, okay. I guess being 21 and thinking, holy shit, I'm going to have to move internationally mm. like that's a big call that's a big move still pretty much living at home in between you know melbourne and geelong i was like yeah but i love it this is, this is what i want to do yeah all right yeah um so he's on the phone and i just went back to everyday living working nine to five really? um, got a job yeah worked worked at quest infrastructure and just was like you know what what are you gonna do uh, do i pick up my nursing degree which i deferred or you know <laughs> What do I do? Is netball going to be an option going yeah. forward? Like do, obviously yeah. wanted to, you wanted it to be. You were so young, like yeah. 20, 21 at the time. Yeah, yeah 21. Yeah. Um, and I think for me, like I've never pictured my life without netball in it. Yeah. And it was the first time in 21 years I'm like, do I want to play netball? Like is this where I want to go? Yeah. Or do I want to work a nine to five? Do I want to pick up my nursing degree and, and start doing night shift? Is that what I want to do? Anyway, so it probably passed like two weeks. I was like, I'm not working. Yeah. <laughs> a bit of humble pie is like, I'm not doing I'm not, I'm not going back to work. Not yet. No, nah, yeah. not yet. Yeah. No. So um yeah, manager calls and he's like, you know, we've we've got a few grabs in Australia and in SSN and I was like, sweet, like sign me up. Mm. Um I got on a, a Zoom with Bryony, um, who's the Swiss coach, and I just adored her from the start. She's like, What are you doing? What do you want to do? You know, what are your passions? What do you do outside of netball? What do you love doing? Great. Um, which is exactly where I've taken my life now. It's like, you're right, what what are athletes doing outside of, mm. of sport? Because sport is not forever. And I guess I was lucky. Mum and dad did bring me up being like, you've got to have something else, mate. Like, you can't just be good at netball forever, which that's, is good. That's so good. That's my favourite thing about you is like you – like. You do what you you do what you love. Mm. Like you do what you want to do. Like everything on field, off field. Like who you live with, the people you surround yourself with. It's so you're not doing it for anyone else, yeah. but like for for the people and the like things that you want to do, which yeah. I greatly admire. Yeah. Thank um, you. So how did the how did the Swifts come about? You had a you had a conversation with um. Brian. Yeah, yeah. Brazo and I had a chat, and she's like, "Oh well, I don't think I should do this with you in the room." But and then spoke to the general manager and was like, "Get her a contract," and I was like. <laughs> so I like hung up. Is this, the is Zoom. It, is this legit? Yeah. <laughs> Are we like, sure? Oh my can god! We, I need to the cool. paper. <laughs> yeah. Relax. Um, so yeah, I, I sort of got home and mum and dad. I was really lucky. Mum and dad let me do it all on my own. Mm. They didn't probe, 
didn't prot. They're like, when you're ready, you'll know. Mm. And so I sat down at the dinner table and mum's like, what's wrong? I was like, I'm moving to Sydney next year, mum. I was like, I just got offered a contract. I'm like, I get a bit emotional now. And she's like, fuck. Like, <laughs> <laughs> really? I'm like, yeah, I'm moving 100%. And so the contract got sent through and that next day, um, Simone actually calls me from Vixens and was like, hey, like, what's up? Hi, or nothing much really. He's like, oh, I just wanted to know if you'd like to be part of Vixens for 2022. No way. And I'm like, oh, I don't know what to say. I was like, oh, I'll just have to speak to my manager and get back to you. I'm like, this is the next day and mum's, I work with my mum at the time. I'm like, hey, can you come down for a chat? I'm like, I don't know what to do. Like, do I stay or do I take this massive leap and just go for it? Like the opportunity's there. In Sydney, like, they look like a great bunch of girls. Mm. And as you would know on social media, the Swifts are just, like, so cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I was like, is that real? Like, surely those, surely these girls can't be best friends. Like, mm. that's a joke. Mum's like, babe, you got to do what you want to do. Yeah, what advice did she give? What'd she say? Mum's always just been like, it's your life. You've you've got to own you've got to own your decisions you make and, and, you know, I'm not living your life. Obviously, mum wanted me to stay home. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, yeah. but... She's like, you just got to do what you got to do. I actually have a tattoo and it says you choose on my on my ribs. And, Love that. And I'm like, you're right, i got to choose. And I, I choose Swifties. So I got my manager back and I'm like, I've just sent you back the signed papers. I'm going to Sydney. Yeah, so how good. that's my fun story about like how I'm here. And, and then since I reckon I moved here, I've just, I think I've changed dramatically as a person. Um, I think moving out of your hometown is, is a start. Um, and then being introduced to people like I live with and like Maddie Proud, who you were just talking to previously, um, I'm just around the highest calibre of people yeah. possible. And if you surround yourself with people like that, like... It, um, it forces you to grow up leaving home, hey? Yeah. Like, you're, obviously, you're already playing professional netball. Yeah. Like, you're already in the thick of it, but there's a difference when, especially when you have to leave the state of, like, yeah. or, or even your hometown. Yeah. So you're, in, you're going into a new place, like, you're meeting new girls... You gotta find where the new like grocery shop is. You gotta yeah. find a house. You gotta do the whole thing. You have to like, pay bills. Like, pay what bills. Are they? Like, what do you mean? Health? Like healthcare? Like, what does that mean? You know ambulance I mean? insurance. Yeah, there's a, there's a whole thing. Like, yeah. and that's um, but that's pretty cool. And it's it's cool. Um, it's cool that you've moved into. You got to move into a place with the girls. Pretty yeah. much. I remember we had a conversation a little while back, and I remember um, we we're talking about um, we we're talking about your parents, but your mum was talking about like you were telling me your mum was talking about like the um, people you surround yourself with. Mm. And I think it was tying into like the, the like growing up and like mm. being around good people. And yeah. I think she said something like, um, I'll support you. Um, like if you hang around bad crew, I'll support you. Um, but are these the people you really want to hang with? Or is this the people that you really want to be around? Yeah. And it's just like, well, that's so true. Yeah. Like you, like we are so fortunate to hang out with, like you said, the highest caliber of people mm. in terms of being good people. Yeah, 100%. 100%. I'm like so blessed. Yeah. Like I literally walked in and these girls just opened their arms and just came straight through. And I think growing up, like, again, I was surrounded by amazing human beings. Mm. Um, but as a kid, like you have to grow up and, and it's hard to grow up. Like what your brain doesn't fully develop until you're 23, 4. Like you go through so many hard shit times and – that's reality and mm. I think growing up I really struggled A, with confidence and B, especially body image mm. and who you are. Like, And I, I like to give back now and talk to these young girls and, you know, 
ask them who who they are, who they want to be, and are they content who they who they are right now? I imagine that's probably a pretty huge conversation to have. Yeah, like obviously with everyone, but specifically young girls, especially in female sport. Yeah, like we we had a conversation yesterday because um, us boys like playing footy, like do skin folds, and then yeah. like. Can you do like I don't know? Can you do skin folds in a professional netball like netball environment? Yeah. I don't know if you can in the NRLW, AFLW, mm. like. And then even a conversation I had with another player, it was just like, it's almost like, and I'm talking about the boy. I can't speak on behalf of females, but um, the boys is like, <laughs> you're almost walking around like pinching the side of your belly, like, uh, like oh my god, like I'm coming back after Christmas break, like I'm fat, like I'm my uh, my skin folds is going to yeah. be terrible, like you're you're weighing yourself every day because you got to be within a certain range. If you're too fat, then you're in fat club, and mm-hmm. you're looking yourself in the mirror, and you're like, I was like, that's almost like, like, like it's a bad, not it's a crazy. bad sign, but it's almost I don't know the word for it. It's not body dysmorphia, but it's kind of like um, sort of. kind of yeah, yeah. like it's a, it's almost a little a little bit of that um. You talk to young girls about body image. What do, you, what do you say to them? What do you talk to them about? Yeah, I think when I tell my story about when I was younger, I've always been, like my family, like mum and dad are quite tall. I've always been the tallest and I guess a strong build. I think when I grew up, um, I grew up alongside a lot of boys and I was at their height, if not bigger, if not heavier. And I struggled. Like boys would comment on my height or girls would comment on my height and and I think when you're young, if it's a if it's compliment or if it's not, you don't want to be tall. I didn't want to be tall, but you do want to be tall. And I think, you know, mum would always tell me, like, you're beautiful, you're tall, you're, like, everything that everyone wants to be, right? But mm. you don't think that unless you actually believe that. Like, I think a lot of people throw out phases, uh, phrases and throw out passing comments that are supposed to help people but unless you understand what that means and unless you do the internal work nothing that anyone says you're ever going to believe and that's reality right and when you're so as I said when you're such a perfectionist you hear 200 compliments and you hear that one or you see that one bad comment and you just hyper fixate on that and it's like well how can I be better how like how, how can I be shorter how can I make myself look smaller you know do I pop my hip and you know am I like that's what I was doing in photos really I was yeah I was bending my knees or leaning over so no one could see how tall I was. And, you know, and that looking back, I'm like, oh, like little Ali just needed, you know, someone to who is tall and who is strong. She needed a you yeah. who is playing professional sport yeah. to come in and say, this is this is what we do and this is what I went through and it's okay. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And I think I was actually having a conversation with someone the other day and, and we were talking about confidence mm. and, and body image and I guess self-acceptance. And when you're growing up, you're constantly trying to find who you are, right? You can't expect a 10-year-old to know who they are. Mm. And I think that's where confidence and self-esteem come into it. And until you know who you are and until you've done the work and you have role models that are helping you decide who you want to be, then you're not going to be content in yourself and you're not going to have a conversation and fully believe what you're saying because you aren't there yet. And that's okay. Mm. And people call it mistakes. I call them learnings. Like... We want to have so many learnings and, and when you do make a mistake or you have a learning, it's it's helping you like shape who you are. Mm. And I think every time I made a mistake or potentially I was a little bit too boisterous during a training session <laughs> or, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, something came out that was completely, you know, you shouldn't have said or you didn't mean it to come out who you are and, you know, you take a step back and, you know, you go embarrassed and you get all, you know, shy and you regret what you say but actual fact is, well, you stuffed up how are you going to learn from it? How are you, how are you going to be a better person? Mm. And how are you going to 
let that help you be bigger and better. And I guess that falls into body image as well, right? Like, so I was doing some research before or like for my speaking and by the age of 17, 50% of young girls have dropped out of sport. Really? Yeah, 15 being the peak age. And I'm like, why is that? Like, yeah, what is like, yeah, yeah. what is that? And I guess I've done my own digging and research and like girls get boobs, girls get their period. Girls are so self-conscious about, you know, whether their dress is too short or the cellulite's out the bottom or, you know, you don't want to run around because your boobs are in the way or, you know, as as a netballer, you're in a short skirt mm. like that, you know, the boys could be watching or someone could be judging you, right? And like, I was like, that is just outrageous. I've never, I haven't been, I guess I've been so isolated to the world of sport and confidence in netball. Mm. Netball could do no wrong. Like playing yeah. sport could do no wrong, but... <laughs> That's the reality. 50% of people drop out by 17. And I was like, how are we going to make this work? And again, this stat came out before the Tillies and mm. before netball yes. or not netball, women's sport has taken that next step. And then I did a bit more research and, and 60% of young girls don't have a female athlete they look up to. Really? And I was like, that's unbelievable. That's goosebumps. Yeah. It's, it's shit. But that, obviously that's before like the Tillies yeah. and everything. That's that. That's yeah. Good. yeah so wow. now, now women's sport and NRL women and AFL women, like they're coming hot. But how do we how do we expect to change? And again, this is me thinking out loud. It's like how do we expect this to change without media coverage? Mm. And media coverage comes from money and eyes on TV and bums on seats. And mm. I get that. And it's like, well, how do we help these young girls become, I guess, the best versions of themselves? Which sport brings sport mm. can bring so much and it's not you don't have to be a professional athlete to enjoy what mm. endorphins can bring and I guess this is this is where I'm I'm sitting and I'm plotting and I'm like well how how do we get our faces out there what mm. what can we do as female athletes that a is gonna bring awareness to what we're talking about right now a, mental health mental health is so prominent in especially because of COVID years and you know again I'm speaking on behalf of females but it's hard growing up as a girl and a boy, but it's hard. And how are we going to be like sit here today and how are we going to improve this? And I guess speaking about it is number one. And I love, I love everything what you just said there. And we, and we could zoom in on a few things. Um, but I, I guess I kind of want to zoom in into that. Like, yeah, ha like having the conversation and you talked about being tall as an insecurity, right? And growing up, yeah. which is like, for me, I would never even have expected that. Like I would have thought, being tall, like that's going to contribute to you being a yeah, good netballer, like right. it may or may not, but also like being like attractive tall girl. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I just would have thought that would be fine. But then you also said like uh, accepting yourself, like you yeah. have to learn to accept yourself. How, how do you, how do you do that? Or how do you think, how do you think you, I don't know, what advice could you give to young crew or even just to anyone about like, yeah, you got to accept yourself in order to be confident. Yeah. Uh, this is something that I'm still working on. Yeah, we're on. figuring out. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I'm, and I'm at the stage now where um, I see a psychologist once a week, a clinical psych. So I'm not even in it for the sports psych. Mm. I do see a sports psych, but mm. mine's clinical and it's, I'm a huge people pleaser. Yep. Always have been. You know, Keegan wants to do this. Okay, I don't really want to do it, but I'll do it. Cause Keegan well, I hope you it. wanted to be here today. <laughs> well, let me tell you now. <laughs> just for just pleasing. <laughs> no, no, but that's reality, right? Yeah. Or, or or the girls are wearing that kind of, you know, top. Like growing up, I'd be mm. like, oh, I'll, I'll wear that too. Yeah. Like, you know, I think figuring out 
well, parents, first of all, parents have a huge, we were having this conversation the yeah. other week yeah. and parents have a huge influence on who you are from the ages of, you know, zero to at least six. So A, for parents, if any parents are listening, like you have to remember that the way you pull things apart or the way you deal with stress or you deal with life is that's going to go straight onto your kids. If you're if you have the shortest patience, then how are you how are you going to expect your kid to break down something that they've just gone through? Yeah, um, and that builds up over time, right? When you're two and then you turn six and you've still got trauma in some way, it might not be a huge thing. But if you don't know how to break down your emotions or feel your emotions, then you're you're not going to be able to do that. And then you're playing a part where you're just pretending like nothing's happening, but it's affecting you so much. Yeah. And the advice I guess I'd give to young kids is do what you want to do. So when you when you when they're going to a party and, you know, some kids are drinking, like do you actually want to drink or do you just want to copy what they're doing? Or, mm. you know, netball, for example, like a few of my friends, like friends when I was growing up, like, oh, are you playing netball? I'm like, hell yeah, yeah. I'm going to be playing this sport. Absolutely. Oh, okay. Well, I'll join in. I'm like, well, do you want to? Well, yeah, but like x y and z's not i'm like well that's okay like they don't have to i'm sure once they see us and how much fun we're having they'll want to so i think taking a step back and it's hard when you're younger it's hard your brain isn't fully developed but is it going to be fun are you Mm. smiling like just keep checking in in yourself like well am i happy like is my neurosystem absolutely saying like run yeah is my heart rate high like you don't want to be in a situation where you're walking into your friendship group and your heart rates, your heart's like beating out of your chest yeah. and your anxiety and your palms are sweaty, yeah. knees weak, arms weak. <laughs> yeah, I love that. That's great. That's but great you, don't, you don't want to be in those situations. You don't want to be friends with those people. But you're living in proof of, of doing what you want to do and, and, and kind of like being the person you want to be. Like you do what you want to do. I remember um, I think that I struggled with coming into professional sport was, um, yeah, kind of like that feeling of like not being good enough. And then I would always um, sort of like, suppress my personality in order to make it fit in with the norm of professional sport or or the the team like I I was I was 18 so my first contract at 17 for four years at the Bronx Um, so I knew I was going to be there for four years and so I went at 18 with like guys who I looked up to like since I was a 10 year old and they were still that and they were still all there and I'll but I didn't say a word for the mm. first year and I have conversations with a lot of footy players about this about coming in you look you got your idols everyone's there and you're like I don't want to like I just want to I just want to make sure that they like me you know what I mean so I suppressed everything and I, I was insecure and I was like trying to like be the hardest trainer and trying to be as strong as I can and it probably wasn't until <clears throat> I left to go to the Titans and I was probably a little bit older. I left about 21, 22. And then um, got to hang around guys that I went to school with. I knew, and they who knew like, I guess the real me, I guess. And I don't know, everyone's got a different, but maybe this is just the narrative that I tell myself. But it was almost like, um, as soon as I like, felt like I was myself and I was become more myself, then I was more confident. And then mm-hmm. people liked me more anyway. Yeah. Don't you think? Yeah. Like, it's wild. I love that. I, you actually nailed it. And I think that's exactly what, I've done moving to Sydney. Yeah. Like I am me and, you know, I'm out there and I'm crazy and <laughs> that's okay. Like especially young kids, young kids want to see who you are. Like mm. they don't want to see just, I, I call it like a character. We all go into character on court, right? Like same as on the field. You ter- Well, I, you turn into someone who's a little bit different. You Especially, you know, we talk about energies. We talk about feminine and masculine energy. Like mm. we're all in our masculine energy when we're playing sport. Like mm. you want to be the toughest. You yeah. want to be the best. You want to be the hardest at the ball and you want to win. 
and that's reality, right? But, and that's what I really struggled with coming off the court is mm. I stayed in that character. Like yeah. I was always strong. I was always okay. I wasn't, I didn't get upset if I trained like shit. I'll just be better and bigger and stronger the next day. And, you know, you'd listen to the, I'd listen to these motivational podcasts and get back up and, you know, hero, hero type things. And the reality is I actually just needed someone to just give me a hug and be like, it's okay. Everything's going to be okay. And I trained like absolute shit on Tuesday. Terrible. Like just wasn't, just wasn't there. Bit tired, time of the month, like everything was happening and, Turner actually pulled me aside and she was like, what's going on? And I was like, I don't know. Like, I actually don't know. And usually I'd be like, what? I'm fine. Like, what are you talking about? Like, da, 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 and just shut it straight down. I was like, I don't know. Like, I, like, thank you for pulling me aside and thank you for telling me to A, be better. Yeah. But thanks for actually noticing that I'm not quite right today. I'll be better tomorrow. Don't mm. you worry. So I sat down and I was like, okay, well, why wasn't I good enough today? Was I tired? Did I not eat enough? Am I just having a shit day? Do I need a journal? Do I need to go call mum? Do I, what do I need to do? And that's what you do, right? But when you don't accept and you don't understand who you are and you haven't done the work to understand who you are, I would just wipe the shirt into that rug and gone on. And exactly what you said, I would have trained the hardest, would have been mm. the best, but probably wouldn't have been the best, to be honest. Yeah, it almost comes at like a, uh, you think that's what the right thing to do is. Yeah. And hey, props for Turner for, for stepping Absolutely. up. Absolutely. Because there's a lot of crew who would just be like, I'll just I'll just let it pass. Like yeah. It'll just be a session. She'll be she'll be right. She'll be right. She'll yeah. be right. Like yeah. That's that's that happens. Everyone has their day. Yeah. But you don't know what's going on yeah. in Crew's life, and sometimes they people don't want to talk about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we had um, again in the Leaders in League conference, we had Joel Selwood came and speak. Right. One of the great men. He's like, cool. He's eh? so cool. Have you listened to him speak yeah. at all? Yeah. He's, he's, he's a Geelong boy. Geelong. Yeah, of course. Of <laughs> yeah. course. Yeah. Well, he's um. We got to know his story pretty well over the last <clears throat> day or two, and he mm. he spoke about. Obviously, all the struggles um, with going through, especially coming uh, into retirement. Mm. <clears throat> he talked about like the IVF uh, journey that him yeah. and his partner went on. You yeah, know, they they had thirteen attempts at IVF wow. over over a year two year period in in, in in like, insane time. But what he he did it really well in the sense where he told necessary people, he told the coach, CEO, um, his partner, and maybe one other teammate. Um, and he just said, "Look, guys, there's going to be times where I'm not going to be at training because I want to be there for my partner." Great. So yeah, so so great. Yeah. Um, and and what I was, what I was getting at is that like he has his support work to lean on. Mm. He didn't have to, he didn't tell the whole team. Yeah. Well, well, it wasn't a whole team thing. Partly yeah. I think because his um, partner wanted she had her own um, work outside and she wanted that was her escape. Like work yeah. was her escape. So she didn't want it to be a whole public thing. Yeah. But they had their friendship groups to to lean on. Yeah. And yeah, it's really cool to see like you and the Swiss girls like have the relationship you have to, yeah. to be able to step in and just say, hey, like, how are you going? Yeah. Like what's what's going on? Yeah. And it's cool to call it out straight away. Yeah, absolutely. And, and props to her. She's like, what can I do? Like what could I have done? Yeah. Yes, I'm at the end of the session, but what should I have done at the start when I saw you went there? And I'm like, oh my gosh, like that's so true. And going back to what we said before, it's like what you put out is what you get back. And so yeah. I think that's a huge thing. And you attract exactly what you put out and what you put out into the universe is if I want to be caring and I want to know what's going on in your life, well, then Keegs is going to message me and check in on me, right? Fuck, because I want to check in on Keegs. That's and the whole thing. Yeah, and if those people aren't doing that, then why Like, why are you around those people? Mm. Why? What makes you want to be mm. around those people? And I think that's so important as a young female or male. It's like, well, if caring and, and checking in on people isn't something that you want to do, well, 
okay, you're not going to get it back, right? Yeah. So you, you just hang around those people. But for me and for you, like, you know, you'll text me, hey, how are you? Mm. And who knows how I am? Mm. But you're there and you're there for me. And if I am going through, you know, a shit phase where I don't actually want to speak to my netball teammates because it might affect them, then I've got you to reach out to or and, I've got someone else. And sometimes like having – like that's so great – a lot of the times you want to speak to someone, but it's too close. Yeah. Like it's too close to home. Having yeah. someone in in that um in the sporting environment, even home environment, you need yeah. like a third party. But I yeah. love what you said around like good people attract good people. Yeah. Like if you want someone checking on you, like make the first step. Like yeah, you know what I mean. And then yeah. and then and it gives gives you so much energy. Yeah. You know what I mean. Like when yeah. you're when you're helping someone and you go out and you do a nice thing for mm-hmm. someone. You, the energy you get, that's, that's, that's why you do it, it's right? It's the best. It's the best. It's like, the best. Like even just like, even um, like you check in someone, hey, how are you going? Yeah, I'm sweet. No, like how are you actually? It's like, oh, well, actually like I'm a bit stressed. Like I've got mm-hmm. a whole bunch of stuff going on. Um, how can I help? Like that's it. And that's usually why you tell people, yeah, because like they don't know. They don't know what they don't know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, give them like a little hat and they might be able to help. Like imagine yeah. if Tony's just like, Oh well, how can I help you? And like, well, let's go for a coffee, or let's yeah. let's go for a, you know, let's yeah. go out, let's go for a swim. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, let's just do something. Yeah, like, get exactly. away from it. Yeah, that stuff's so huge. Yeah, it's huge. Mm. Yeah, I love. Um, I'd I'd love to uh, probably dial in a little bit on on injuries. Um, if that's okay, I know yeah. I know uh, the end of last season was uh, a bit of a roller coaster in terms of injuries and. Um, you know, you guys obviously went on to the grand final. Um, could you tell me a little bit about that process and, and how you, what the injury was, how you dealt with it and, and how's the body now? Yeah, I sure can. Um, I think last year, the last whole year has been one of the biggest learning curves I've had in my 20, nearly 24 years of living. Um, so it was Christmas. Um, what was it? 20, would have been 22. Mm. I actually tore my meniscus. Um but on the DL, I just, yeah, I just knew what I did and had to get it taken out. So surgery, Rich bumped me back um, six to eight weeks. So I was leading into Christmas. I was like really fit, really strong, feeling really good about everything. And um, yeah, I guess this this little setback happened and I've had that surgery before. So I, was, I knew what I was in for, mm. knew what I had. And I think <laughs> one of my best but worst traits is I'm just 100%. Like yeah. it doesn't matter if I'm on the court, off the court, like it's 100% or nothing and rehab meaning rehab was really hard mm. because I didn't want to do body weighted squats. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to walk. Yeah. I didn't want to do lunges. I wanted to run and I wanted to jump and I wanted to squat heavy. And I think I, I went really hard in rehab, um, really hard, came back again, really strong coming into pre-surgery. I was feeling good, which helped post-surgery. Um, so yeah, I flew through that surgery in six weeks. I was back um, and then sort of get started to get a bit of a sore foot during mid-jan again, probably in my masculine energy and was just like, I'm sweet. I'll be fine. Mm. It's sweet. So I didn't say anything. Got a, oh yeah, I just like my Achilles is a bit sore. My foot's a bit sore. Like, can I just have a bit of a rub? You know, a month passed. I'm like, shit, this is getting worse. Like this mm. is getting really sore. So I said something. So what, that's two months after surgery when my foot's probably started to get a bit sore and they're like, oh yeah, sweet. We'll, um, we'll just treat it. So then I, then I started treating it properly. Yeah. Started, you know, getting all everything and monitoring load and, the appropriate way but it was a bit too late by then and yeah. um had plantar fasciitis which people who've had that it's pretty Sucks. yeah it's yeah. pretty shit injury um but i was like push through like you're sweet um round one two were all right like i was getting through and then it hit i think it was round three 
and round four, I um, it was after the Sunshine Coast game. We were in Sunny Coast, I think it was. Yeah, round four. And we, I played my first full 60 minutes of the, of the season. So mm. I didn't want to pull myself off, but yeah. I was hurting. Gotcha. Um, there was four minutes to go and I just went up for a ball and just like felt something just like, I don't even know what it was. And I came down, I was like, holy, this is hurting. Yeah. Played the rest of the game and shoes came off straight away and I just could hardly wait there. I was like, what is this? Like, I don't know what this is. And physio is like, yeah, all right, that's not great. Like, let's just real rest you up. So I took that week off training, did captain's run. Um, some good pain meds, but still didn't even break the surface. Mm. So didn't really play much that game. So I got through um, onto the next round. So what's that, round five or six? It was against the Giants at home. Again, went to take off for – I was running backwards, went to take off for a forward ball and just, like, looked over the bench. I'm like, I'm done. Yeah, like, I'm so done. Up. So pulled myself off. We had the sub and just, like, went out the back and just bowled my eyes out. I was just like, I'm done. Like, this hurts so bad. I just don't know what I've done. And – physio's trying to console me like you'll be right like you're tough I'm like yeah I know I'm tough but this is like this is ne- this is something else did you anyway. think that at that point like probably finals might not be an option no nah, not a chance not of that it was just missing one game yeah, I was yeah. like that was missing one game yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I can't get back and yeah she's like you'll be right we'll be right we'll rehab so then we started that's when rehab started got the MRI realized I had a tear mm. um a fair bit of edema like through which is bruising through my foot and swelling and there's not much room for swelling at all in your foot right so I'm just can't wait there just in the worst mood possible but obviously live without like teammates right so Mm. you can't be moping around like that's not fair on them and I guess props to them they're like you can do what you want like we're off court I'm like no it's not good enough right so back in the gym back rehabbing trying my best and um, we tried like the aggressive approach where it was like keep running, keep pushing, like you can do it type thing and we'll get you back for finals. Mm. I'm like pushing and it's just not getting better. It's just not getting better and um, I actually went home. The coach was like, I reckon you should go home and see fam back for a little Melbourne. bit. Yeah, so yeah. I went back to Melbourne and, you know, spent time with mum and dad, which, you know, everything goes away. It's always when, nice. <laughs> get a little meals yeah, cooked for you. Yeah, yeah washing's done. done. Yeah. <laughs> We're in you sync. Know what's up. <laughs> yeah, you get it. Um, and I think, yeah, I just, I left my world back in Sydney and came home and mum and dad were there, so everything's okay. And got the phone call from our SNC actually and he just said, look, we're, we're going to have to potentially call finals you have to get it you have to get your head around it like we're gonna have to go a bit more of the passive approach you're gonna have to take time off legs you're just gonna have to rest you're gonna have to go inside yourself and just rest and that's the worst thing you can how hard was that because for someone who has very high perfectionism like yeah how hard was that to be like no don't make me do yeah. it like, I, I just want to i just want to try yeah. i just need to get back you know? yeah i think i went through every wave of emotion possible since the injury started like anger sad feeling sorry for myself feeling bad feeling guilty like why didn't I say something earlier yeah. like how stupid can you be Ali just say when you've got a sore foot so I went through every emotion and I think one of the last ones was acceptance mm. and I just had to accept what I was going through is it going to make you feel better how much how much energy do I use with thinking about and, and anxiety and anger and all those emotions that I was feeling how much energy is that taking away from actually the healing phase mm. of my foot and I was like you've you've just got to you've just got to accept that yeah. and so I guess that was that was then that phase of accepting it and you know what am I going to do and how am I going to lead how am I going to be me but not showing what I can do yeah which is hard right yeah, a yeah. young a young player trying to step up off the court and and be okay 
when I wasn't okay. I, yeah. I didn't I didn't want to go to training because I can't train yeah. or I didn't want to sit. And it's not like I'm in the rehab group now that's, you know, still I was sitting there. Mm. I wasn't doing anything. Mm. You know, I'd still work the upper body and still on the grinder and but I'm just like this sucks. Rehab is one of the worst places to so be. It's isolating. such a lonely place. Yeah. 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 And I was lucky. I did have two of the other girls in rehab, but every rehab's different, right? Mm. And you do, you isolate yourself and and yeah, I think I just really went internal and was like, well, if I'm going to make this work, like I can't be internal. I have to accept, but also give me that I can be off the court. And I think that's when my brain flipped. I'm like, all right, well, great. I'm going to sit back and I'm going to give them what I can see off the court. So yeah. I sat up the top of the stand and I was just yelling out. I don't even know what. Yeah, I'd love to get a clip of that. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to see that in person. And just giving all I can give with feedback. And, you know, if I was out there, this is what I'd love to see. Or this is what makes it easier for me as a wing defence. Mm. Or, you know, when I'm chucking in different positions, you know, how's that, how's that make you feel? Or, you know, doing extra PA, being like, oh, like when I was playing, how am yeah. I going to be better next season? Yeah, yeah. And it turned into, well, how good am I going to be next season? Um so yeah, we we pushed and and I thought I'd be back for finals. Still, there was that still that little feeling in the back of my mind, and you know everyone's checking in, being like, "How are you feeling?" And you know you don't want to give it away. And that's also got to be hard as well, because everyone like everyone wants what's best for you, yeah. Like yeah. your friends, your family, like yeah. me, everyone at work, like everyone's yeah. like wants what's best. So everyone's gonna ask, "How are you going? Like yeah. how's the how's your how's the yeah. foot? Like how's your body? Like are you gonna be right for finals?" Yeah. And that must be pretty exhausting. Be like doing my best, yeah. like I'm trying to see how we go, like yeah. maybe we will, maybe we won't, like yeah. is that... Is it's that, so flat. Yeah, it's, it's just I, I knew I wasn't going to be back. There's like two sides of me. It's like the real, I guess you know, and then there's the the vulnerable and the the feelings and that Ali wasn't ready to accept that she's going to miss finals. And I, I said to my SNC, I was like, I'm going to make it back. He's like, yeah, yeah, you are. Like, and they did. And props to SNC, our SNC and physio, they never once told me I wasn't going to. Great. They were just like, yeah, well, this is what I've got to do today. And so we're going to do tomorrow and the next day. And if we feel shit, we go backwards. If we feel good, we push forwards. And that's that's the best thing for me rather than having a set plan. Like you're going to be running in two mm. weeks. Because if I wasn't going to be running in two weeks, then isn't that just a massive kick in the guts and we start again? Mm. Um, anyway, so I didn't make finals and I had to sit on that secondary bench in where the crowd was which also really hurt um but again props to props to my players and, and the girls like they were just around me the whole time and the grand final was about them but mm. they still made me feel like I was playing in the grand final well you're part of the team yeah like, you know like you're a huge yeah. contributor to the whole team it's not yeah just the girls who play take the court it's staff it's people who are training it's people who are with you for the whole year it's the family get everyone that's why everyone's celebrating at the end yeah. of the year right yeah but I can't imagine in that time, you kicking stones, I would imagine you would have got around the girls a lot and you would have been pumping them up for the grand final. Yeah, I was like, I was like, this is it. We're going to win. Let's go, girls. Yeah. <laughs> Let's not talk about the ending. Yeah, but yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, so then um, I guess we went into, we lost the grand final by one in overtime and we... That was an insane game, just by the way. The I got good. I remember watching yeah. that thinking like, the girls are coming back. Like, yeah. it was oh, insane. Yeah, it was an unreal. Just like our final series in general was just like two overtime games. Like you, you can't fault that. Mm. Um, so then, yeah, we went into break and holidays and I, um, I rehabbed. Yep. Rehabbed, went back to the gym, back to the drawing board and just was like 2024 is in my sight. 
Um, we obviously went through that mad pay dispute and um, the industrial dispute, which was pretty hard, mm. um, not getting paid for a huge chunk, I guess you'd say. And I had to pick up another job and, and still work, work how to do rehab and work a nine to five type thing. So that was also another little bump just in the road. Stress, just, <laughs> just when life couldn't get any more stressful, we'll just, we'll just take your wage away from you, yeah. which I undersell that because yeah. I, I, I know how difficult that yeah. was for you and all the girls. I don't downplay that at all. No, yeah. no, it's, it's, it's a bit of a laugh now. Um, but reality is right. We're not getting paid. Um, and we rely living in Sydney, rent's expensive and I relied on that money and didn't have it. So I had to pick up a second job, um, still be rehabbing and, and technically not really having a contract for 2024. We're all out of contract, which I think that was a huge thing playing on my mind. Like, am I, I'm, I'm in rehab, like the coach doesn't know if my foot's going to be okay. Are they going to take that gamble on me? Are tough, they? Tough time to be yeah. off contract, yeah. Yeah. Especially the amount of movement that was going on in the girls' Heaps space. of movement. New, new club coming in. Yeah. Um, lucky my manager's an absolute legend and, and he was with me all the way and mm. great comms. But again, you until you've actually signed that dotted line, anyone could come in and take yeah. your spot. And But look at you now, Ali. Like, strongly, you came in here and you were like... Keegs, I'm feeling fitter and stronger than, <laughs> than ever. Keegs, I'm good. I was like, how are you? Like, I feel great. <laughs> but you like, you must be so like, we've obviously talked on like some really great topics, which I'm super grateful we have. Um, but winding down, like, what are you looking forward to this year? Because you do, like, you look super fit, you look strong. Like, you've obviously been training hard. Yeah, training solid. Yeah. Um, which is so good. I just think like every time I'm nearly passing out in this preseason court, I'm like, you know what, just think about the rehab alley. Like you can do it, enjoy it, put a smile on your face. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm so content in my life right now, which is sick. Like netball's unreal. I've got a new job, working in a law firm, um, as an EA, which is amazing. And then just the crew I've got around me is just unreal. Like yeah. we do we do gratitude and and you're the same. Okay. And every day, just like my friends and family come up, like I'm in the position where I can just pick up the phone and call any one of my people and they're going to answer and be there for me, whether it's the best day ever mm. or I just need, I just need someone to talk to. Yeah. Um, yeah. Life's, life's good. I'm content. Um, but this year, you look at your, what's, what, what what's, what's, exci year? what's exciting coming up? Um, premiership. Yeah. Premiership is just, we're looking good. Sammy, Sammy Wallace is back, yeah. which just you see her play and I think there's going to be a few training clips that are coming out um, on the Swifties page and she's been out for two years with injury, her ACL. Oh, wow. Um, key, key goal shooter that's just an absolute star. So seeing her back on the court and just knowing that she's going to catch any ball you throw her so is just sick. the best feeling. Yeah. Um, but just just playing. Like I guess the season was cut real short this year, mm. uh, last year, sorry, and just getting out there and there's – there's no better feeling than that that little nerve that you get before the game and yeah. looking around and seeing your family and friends in the crowd or just these little girls that have got the red Swifties face yeah. paint and you're just like, yeah, this is what it's all about, right? It's very cute. Um, and I think off-court is just still learning who I am and, and embracing who I am and putting back. Like I'm loving giving back at the moment mm. and just, you know, being here speaking about what I've gone through and that everyone's journey is different and, hey, why don't I get mine out there because – you know, even if it's just one little girl or little boy that can hear what we're talking about and, and feel like, oh, that's what I've got to do or, oh, it's okay where I am. Like, it's okay. It's okay. And just open up and just promote, promote A, mental health, but also promote 
accepting who you are and, and loving who you are because everyone's amazing. Everyone's amazing. Ali, you're the best. <laughs> that was so well said. I love I love everything you just said. Um, said just then. Um, you did touch on your gratefulness. Your gratefuls. What are you grateful for today? Grateful for you and this <laughs> whole place. No, I am. I haven't seen. We haven't caught up in ages. It's been before Christmas. When I saw yet. your phone call, I was like, absolutely, you're the best. absolutely. Let's yeah. go for a cough. But I'm super grateful. <laughs> we do gratitude. Every day, at I need, training. I need three things. Three, yeah. okay. Well, this podcast and you getting Thank to you. getting my story out and mental health out because I think that's a yeah. huge step in the right direction. Two is my housemates; they're unbelievable. Um, if I have a late late arvo in the office, I come home and my dinner's cooked by Sophie Fawns. So shout out to you, Sophie. Fawns. Sophie's. I, I I wanted to talk about Sophie. Is so funny. I look at your close friend stories so often, and if she's on it, I'm honestly like in tears laughing. So don't ever stop doing that. Right, yeah, yeah, I've just, actually just got so that feedback a bit. Yeah, <laughs> so good. Um, and three, I'm grateful to be able to live a life where I can make decisions for myself. Mm. And I'm going to keep doing that because that's what makes you happy. That's what makes me happy. Um, and we're privileged to do that. Not not many people around the world, or there is people, but not a lot of people get to do it mm. or can choose whether they can or can't do it. So that's something that I'm really grateful for and I think I'll always be. So beautiful. Can I tell you mine? I'd lo- I was, can I tell you mine? I would love to hear yours. Okay. Well, mine is... Um, a beautiful weekend with the leaders in um, the NRL. We had a great, yeah. we had a great weekend um, with guys and girls who I've looked up to forever, and now obviously I do a lot of stuff with the Players Association in the NRL. So just catching up with them and having a great weekend, like catching up with Maddie and Colin Malloy and, and oh. Ellie Brush, and like yeah. just some of the best, Joel Selwood, Cooper Chapman, like just some amazing people. Yeah, um, so that was amazing. Um, Sam coming in on a Saturday morning, got the, my man behind camera, um, shooting some behind the scenes, really grateful for him um, and Tom as well. And last but not least, like you, Ali, like I'm, I'm so bloody grateful to not only have you in today, but to have you as a friend. Like your, your friendship is um, something that I truly value. And um, we talked about it before how um, it's nice to have someone that you can pick up the phone to and I feel very comfortable to be able to pick up the phone to you. So, um, no, thank you for coming on today. Thank you for your friendship. Um, like I said, you look, you're looking strong and you're looking fit and I'm looking forward to you just smashing it this year. So thank you for today. Oh, thanks, Kate.